Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Sons of Saturday. Whatever time it may be, we're happy you're here with us here. I am joined by Grayson Wimbush out on the West Coast. I'm Pat Finn, and we are here to talk about the Hokies. First of all, before we jump into it, we're going to chat about the Pittsburgh game on Saturday. Huge Coastal Division matchup for Virginia Tech against the Pittsburgh Panthers coming in the Lane Stadium. And then, uh, after that, we have an awesome interview with Austin Gable, who is a former Virginia Tech wrestling superstar. Uh, Austin was kind enough to join us, and he's super fired up to talk to us about the current state of the wrestling program. Uh, we're coming off that big win uh, against the number three-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, went in their new arena and, uh, and crushed them. And then we're also going to talk about uh, some recruiting and what to be excited for for the rest of the wrestling season. But without further ado, Grayson Wimbish, how are we feeling this evening? I'm feeling great, Pat Finn. I, uh, I just got home from work. I understand it's a little bit later where you are. The timestamp, as Billy Ray would say, is 7.59 p.m. West Coast time, which means it is almost 11 o'clock on the East Coast. Sorry to make you stay up and do this, but we got things to talk about, Pat. So uh, what exactly you, you said we're, we're talking a little Pittsburgh preview. Uh, it, it would seem the time is upon us. Um, this has been the game that I have been dreading us playing for the past four or five weeks. I've talked about it on the podcast. The time is upon us. This is a big one, guys, and we're finally here. Pat. What do we need to know about this game? Yeah, so just the the quick rundown for for the uh, the listeners at home. So we played the Pittsburgh Panthers at three thirty on ESPN two here this weekend at Lane Stadium. Uh, we're looking at a forty five degree uh, day, but it is going to rain. It looks like it's going to be a poncho effect. Uh, so if you're making the journey to Blacksburg, bring your poncho. Go to the bookstore, pick up a poncho. Uh, it's going to be a wet one. Um, it is senior day for the Hokies, so uh, we're going to be honoring uh, some seniors. Not a very, uh, not a very long lineup of seniors. It's only uh, four scholarship seniors, including Javon Quillen, Reggie Floyd, uh, Terrell Smith, and Ryan Willis. But uh, we will also really be looking to key in on this being Bud's official last game at Lane Stadium. Uh, that is Bud Foster, our defensive coordinator. So. Going to be a big one for him as well, and uh, you know we got to do it right. We got to send him out with a victory. Um, as far as the Pittsburgh Panthers uh, coming, oh, also got to give a shout out to the the walk-ons as well who have given so much to this program uh, over their time at Virginia Tech. Um, folks on the scout team, um, you know it's going to be uh, a great uh, ceremony pregame. Get in at three o'clock. They'll do the pregame celebrations then. But um, this Pitt team comes in seven and three. Four and two in conference, so uh, exactly the same records as us. They have notable losses to UVA in Week One. Uh, they also lost to Penn State in September uh, with a very questionable call by Pat Narduzzi uh, to go for a field goal uh, with fourth down and one uh, from the goal line. Uh, so very questionable. Missed the field goal, of course. Lost 17-10, and then uh, Pitt's third loss was to Miami uh, a couple weeks ago. They do have a couple notable wins. Um, they beat uh, University of Central Florida, and uh, they also have a overtime win over a common opponent, 
that we have, North Carolina. Uh, they beat North Carolina last Thursday night. Um, they are coached by Pat Narduzzi, who is not a likable fellow. I guess we'll, we'll put it lightly. <laughs> He's and, not our favorite here at Sons of Saturday. <laughs> if you listen to our last episode, you know how I feel about him. Yeah, Grayson doesn't even <laughs> like his glasses. Not even his glasses, not even, boy. Not even his glasses. Um, <laughs> pass the salt, Pat. Uh, we're going to see this guy moping around the sideline, throwing a hissy fit, being all whiny with the refs. It's just kind of his style. Um, it's not my style. It's not Coach Fuente's style. It's not the Virginia Tech way. But he's been at Pittsburgh since 2015. Prior to that, he was at Michigan State uh, for seven years. So uh, we welcome the Pittsburgh Panthers in with open arms here. Uh, just a little bit of hokey history for you. We are 10-8 and all-time against Pitt. And Pittsburgh is a storied program. Uh, you might not think they're a storied program considering they don't even have their own football stadium. They share it with a much more storied uh, NFL franchise, uh, that being the Steelers. But um, they have nine national championships and one Heisman Trophy winner. And we have, uh, we have some recent not- notable games that we've played against Pitt. I feel like most of the games that we ever line up against the Panthers, it, it's just ugly. Ugly football, um, you know. They beat us thirty-one to twenty-eight in two thousand three when we were ranked in the top five, uh, which was a huge blow to our season. We had a long stretch of games that we would go up to Heinz Field and just could not win no matter what. Um, I think about the twenty fifteen game was a super ugly game. Uh, it was like a misty rain the entire afternoon in Lane Stadium. Pitt beat us seventeen to thirteen and. Uh, the Hokies totaled nine rushing yards uh, throughout the entire day in a game where it rained the whole time. So if that's uh, if that'll tell you anything about that, I was pretty frustrated. That was kind of the, uh, the game for me, actually, which was kind of like the turning point. I knew that it was kind of time for uh, Coach Beamer to move on after that one. But um, 2016, we turned around. It was definitely a different story. Isaiah Ford... Absolutely balled out, had like 10 catches, 140 receiving yards, something like that. Some crazy catches, and uh, we took them down 39-36 to at Heinz Field on a Thursday night. Um, that was my senior year. I, I trekked, up, uh, trekked up to Pittsburgh. Um, shout out Kyle Mancini, Colin McGuire, David Glenn. We, we did it up there. We, we, we tried to stand at Heinz Field and encountered some of the meanest fans and arguably the meanest people I've ever experienced at a uh, at a football stadium screaming at us to sit down like full out screaming these grown men very strange um but that was a good win and then 2017 we talk about that awesome goal line stand you see it all over twitter you see it all over the social medias and you see uh the cheetah bill cheetah in khakis billy ray mitchell uh running to the sound of um, the Titanic song after that uh, victorious goal line stand by Reggie Floyd. And then we have last year's game. Don't want to talk about it too much, but uh, we lost by 30 points at Heinz Field. That was the arguably the worst game I've ever attended in person. And uh, we're going to see something different on Saturday. But Grayson, I know I just uh, rambled on there. Give us the rundown on this Pittsburgh team here. 
Guys, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I think we should uh, we should be scared for Saturday. Uh, if if you are not uh, if you're looking ahead to UVA, you better get right. You better get focused because this Saturday we play Pittsburgh and we got to get through them first. Uh, but before I get into the rundown, I'd like to mention that this week's uh, game preview is brought to you by Sharky's Wing and Rib Joint. It's where good friends go. Um, shout out to Sharkies one more time. And, um, so I'm going to, uh, run down some numbers for you guys. Okay. So here we go. Uh, Pittsburgh, the university of Pittsburgh averages 22.2 points per game. And they usually surrender right around 21, um, for in the air, their air raid, they do 260 yards per game, which is 39th overall in the country. Their rushing attack isn't as good. It's uh, They do 131 yards per game. That's 106 overall in the country. You can see quite a substantial difference between the passing and the rushing there. On offense, they, uh, they have a quarterback. His name is Kenny Pickett. Hopefully we can Kenny pick off some passes of his um, and take them back for six points like Caleb Farley did against Georgia Tech. By the way, that was so sick. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Pickett was the offensive player of the week in the ACC this past week and has thrown for 2,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, only has eight interceptions, with a QB rating of 56.4. I know that is a lot of numbers. Get ready. There's more coming. In their receiving core, uh, they they have wide receiver Maurice French. He is actually out for the entire game. Then they have Shockey Jacques Lewis and Tasir Mack. Tasir Mack is the leading wide receiver with 693 yards, 59 receptions, and two touchdowns. He is their proverbial Damon Hazelton. Um, and they throw the ball 40 times a game. Now, granted, how much are they going to do so in the rain? Don't know. A.J. Davis, their running back, is the lead rusher with 108 carries, 465 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, they, Pat, I know we said we don't want to talk about the game last year, the run game last year is where they killed us, um, so we definitely have to watch out for A.J. Davis. On the defense, this is where they could cause the most damage and the most problems. Granted, the Virginia Tech offenses look very sound these past few weeks ever since Hendon Hooker took over. Granted, Pittsburgh defense is a problem, y'all. They lead America in sacks. They are number one with a resounding 45. They have 21 sacks on third down. They are legally allowed to drink on third down in sacks. That is insane. Four players ranked in sack leaders in the top 67 in America. Their defensive standouts are Jalen Twyman, who has nine and a half sacks. Patrick Jones, the second, who has seven sacks. 
Kylan Johnson with six sacks, and then Deslin Alexandre, who has five and a half, five and a half sacks. Uh, their defense is no joke, Pat. It's, it's a lot to worry about. It will be very interesting to see what kind of problems that they cause for Hendon Hooker. Um, I would not anticipate much of a run attack. I don't know what Jerry Kill and Korn have kind of tag-teamed on and dialed up. We don't really have a power running back right now with Jalen Holston still out injured. McLeese and King are made more for speed. Hopefully we can do something last week. The screen against Georgia Tech seemed to work very well. I'm sure that they will have that dialed up. Um, it's it's going to be a tough game, Pat. It's going to be very close. It's going to I think it's going to be very low scoring. So Pat is now going to tell you all about the Pittsburgh Havoc rate. Pat, take it away. Yeah, Grayson, before I jump into the Havoc rate, I just want to point out real quick, you know, you talked about the offense, you talked about the defense. Their defense seems a lot more daunting than the offense. The offense, honestly, uh, is very average as far as, uh, you know, the running attack is not great. And Kenny Pickett, he's thrown eight picks. Um, but also, I mean, 40 pass attempts a game, that's second in the country. It's going to rain, so I feel like if we get enough pressure on him, we're really going to be disruptive um, like we have been the last, you know, four or five weeks. Um, that being said, you know, the defensive line is their strength, and uh, our offense is really going to have to have a very sound line play. I think we're really going to have to use our tight ends as well uh, with screens and slants. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, also, another advantage we might have is just, you know, obviously we don't have the power run game like you said. Maybe we'll see a little bit of a Quincy. That's what you were talking about earlier um, in, in a power run setting. But also, um, you know, we, we love talking about the jet sweep. Uh, we just have so many weapons. Um, if you looked at the, the stat sheet last week, uh, James Mitchell, Trey Turner, uh, Keyshawn King, McLeese, Hendon, Tavion Robinson, uh, you know Dalton Keene, all of these guys can get carries out of the backfield, and all of them, I don't want to say are home run hitters, but are you know can can pick up 20, 25 yards and run one carry, so that's big time. Um, you know matching up against their defensive line, um, so we really need to figure that out. Um, it's going to be a threat. But um, based on the way our offense has been clicking, I, uh, I'm excited to see what we do here. The havoc rate is what you brought up here. And the havoc rate um, is a ratio in which the percent of plays the defense logs a tackle for loss or they force a fumble or they defend a pass, um, including an INT or a pass breakup. So on 677 defensive snaps, the defense of Pittsburgh has recorded 81 tackles for loss, 11 forced fumbles, and 68 pass deflections. Um, so they have the third highest havoc rate in the FBS, which is 23.63. And you know, not only are they just bringing pressure on every single down uh, with 45 sacks, but they're also creating chaos. Um, pretty much at every single uh, level of the game. We saw that in an article uh, from from one of the local papers in Pittsburgh. But uh, to, to go down the line of uh, some more things to talk about, Pittsburgh is an undisciplined football team. They 
um, have one of the most undisciplined teams in the entire country, and they are the most penalized team in the ACC. They average 76.6 penalty yards per game. Um, you know, if in relation to the Hokies, um, last week we didn't have a penalty on either side of the ball until um, the second stringers were in. And I think the penalty was like roughing the long snapper or something. So something that was just silly. Um, so that's another thing that we're going to have to look out for on Saturday. Um, as far as you know, an undisciplined team, uh, you know, whether they're pre-snap penalties or uh, you know, pass interference calls, uh, interested to see how that might uh, change up some of the momentum of this uh, this ball game here. But um, you know, that being said, we'll jump into the keys to the game here. Grayson, who do we need showing up on Saturday? I think it goes without saying, hashtag poncho effects. Students, get your butt in the stands. I hope all of you are sticking around. Now everyone's like, that's oh, our last game in lane before we go home for Thanksgiving break. You're lying. You're lying. No, no, no. That was... That wasn't the Wake Forest game. No, no, no. This is the Pittsburgh game. This is your last game in Lane Stadium before Thanksgiving break. So everyone needs to stick around one day. It's one day. You can go home on Sunday. You still got an entire week. Show out. The student section is going to be general admission. That means it's first come, first serve, baby. You show up in there. You can stand wherever you want, depending on the time you get there. Pack it out. We need the students to show up. That's huge. Uh, Pat, I'm going to go out and say that uh, a huge key to the game is exposing Pittsburgh and forcing them to make mistakes in terms of penalties. If they're the most penalized team in the ACC, we got to make them jump. We got to make them jump off sides, false starts, pass interference, all of it. Make them make mistakes, sell it, flop. I don't care what the boys have to do. Flop like LeBron James out there. Just sell it. Get an Academy Award as long as a yellow flag is thrown in the air and the referee points towards Pittsburgh. Pat, what what, what do you think are some other keys to this game? Because there's a lot of them. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to have to watch out with the Academy Awards if we're flopping because, you know, Mr. Narduzzi might just absolutely freak out. Um <laughs> But, he's, uh, hey, hey, Pat, he's he's not a voting member of the Academy, so he it, it he's doesn't out. matter. He's he, out. He's not a voting member. He doesn't get a say. <laughs> uh, but additionally, uh, so so obviously we've, we've talked about the weather. We've talked about the penalties. I think special teams is going to be huge in this game, um, especially with the wet ball. Punt returns, it's going to be slick. Um, you know, don't be surprised if, if we see a muffed punt or two from either side this game, um, I think starting field position is going to play a big factor in this game since if it's raining, it's going to be a little tougher to move the ball. So if you have a shorter field, uh, that's definitely going to give you an advantage. Um, obviously, line play is going to be huge as well. Uh, but also, like going back on Pittsburgh's defensive line, they have 21 of those 45 sacks on third down, which means that we are really going to need to take advantage and capitalize of every single first down and every single second down. Because if we're staring third and long in the face, it's going to be 
scary. Um, <laughs> like there's no there's no way around it. It's going to be scary. So uh, taking advantage of first and second down uh, with chunk plays. So you're having third and short is huge. And then uh, you know win the turnover battle. Obviously. It goes without saying, Hendon Hooker, knock on wood, if you're, if you're near wood right now. Hendon Hooker has not thrown an interception all year. He has had some fumble issues, but um, you know, I, I'm sure those have... Uh, those have <laughs> there were no fumbles last week, that's all I'm going to say, and uh, hopefully we'll see, some, uh, see no more out of him. However, but, however, let me jump in and interrupt you real quick. The man has also not thrown a ball in the rain. I think the rain is going to be a huge factor in the turnover battle. That ball is going to be all over the place, not just for us, but Pittsburgh as well. So we have to capitalize. We are, we've had issues falling on the ball this season. Don't try and scoop it up. We saw it with Garbutt last week. Try to pick it up. I get it. You're excited. You want to score that touchdown. You fall on that ball right there, we would have scored a touchdown. I have no doubts. So in, in pra- I, I don't I don't know like Foster Wiles be like boys you see that ball pop out do not try and pick it up you fall on that thing and you get it and I don't care where it is I you know do like the Buzz Williams dive for it the the dive hustle I know he's at A and M now but you saw how hype he would get when the boys would dive for the basketball out of it do what you got to do just fall on the football if it pops out of a Pittsburgh player's hands. That is essential. Could not agree more with you. Um, But yeah, so just to wrap things up here, we got to do some predictions. So Grayson, tell me me what you're thinking. Give me a little little score prediction here. Guys, I've said, I've said for a long time, I think that we're going to lose this game. Uh, there was a time where I even said, I know we're going to lose this game. Pittsburgh is our kryptonite. They have been for a number of years. But I'm weirdly optimistic all of a sudden, which is a weird thing for me. You asked Pat and Bill. Um, I, I'm weirdly optimistic. I love the energy of this team right now. I think all the guys have each other's backs. They're fired up. I'm going to say 21 to 17 Hokies. We beat them just outside of a field goal. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a low scoring game. It's going to give me a heart attack and every other member of Hokie Nation a heart attack. You're not going to be able to relax during this game. I'm sorry, you're not. There's no chance it's going to be close. Pat, what do you got? Uh, very similar score here. Um, however, I don't have any of that doubt in my mind. I think we're going to win. I think um, you know we could be going into the fourth quarter down a score, um, and you know maybe the last team who has the ball wins the game, but um, I have 21-16 Virginia Tech. And, uh, again, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be wet and wild. But uh, it's going to be awesome when we are uh, one game away from the Coastal Division Championship. So 21-16 Hokies, that's what I'm feeling. It's going to be an awesome weekend. And speaking of score predictions, I know Grayson, uh, Grayson touched on Sharkies earlier on the, uh, this episode here. But want to uh, 
to let you guys know that we're going to be doing another Sharky's gift card giveaway. So keep your eyes peeled for Twitter um, in, within the 24 hours before the game. Uh, we will tweet out um, a score prediction thread, and if you predict the score closest to the actual final score, we will uh, hit you up with a Sharky's gift card. So that's awesome. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Billy and I will be in Blacksburg. Come hit us up. Uh, we'll be around um, all around town. Hit us in the Twitter DMs, and we'll try to find you. And we're going to be giving out some Sons of Saturday stickers as well. And uh, actually, live tweet. I have to, I have to uh, to mention this right now. Uh, at Ryan Hartman thirty four, aka my roommate, who I share a wall with. He says, "Call it insider information if you'd like." But I happen to share a wall with a son of Saturday, and there's most certainly an episode in the works at Sons of Sat. Looking forward to a morning commute full of footballery. Hartman, uh, <laughs> great listenership. Uh, I guess you already heard the episode already, <laughs> but uh, that's a funny tweet, and I think that's funny, so I had to read it. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's funny. I too think that's funny, Pat. Uh, also, I'd like to address because when I was not uh, on the episode on the preview last week, we didn't address. You guys didn't address where I was. Again, I was not in jail. I already answered that question. I was not in prison. I just couldn't do it. Bill had something come. Bill had something come up tonight. He'll be back on Sunday's episode. Uh, looking forward to that. But uh, with, with that being said, go Hokies, Pat. You got anything else? Yeah, I've never missed an episode. I guess that makes me the uh, the Cal Ripken, Cal Ripken Jr. of Sons of Saturday. Okay, all right, hey, that's Iron, great, man. Iron Man. Yeah, right. I did have perfect attendance all four years in high school, Grayson. All right, all right. Well, um, that's like okay. That's like getting a participation trip. Literally, no one cares. All right, Regardless. guys. <laughs> We're gonna call it a night. <laughs> We're gonna call it a night. Y'all be good. We'll talk to you Sunday. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another uh, interview here at Sons of Saturday. We have a very special guest here this evening. Everybody, uh, put your hands together for former Virginia Tech wrestler Austin Gable. Austin, how we doing, man? Pat, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. This is uh, what you guys got going on here is is something cool and something exciting for you know new alumni current college students and you know people that have been hokies for 30 40 years so uh it, it's really cool what you guys are doing i'm just excited to to jump on for the evening awesome man yeah so we, we talk about sons of saturday obviously you know we're, it's wednesday night right now hokey basketball they don't always play on saturday hokey wrestling they don't always wrestle on saturday but sons of saturday you know we're, we're, we're football because that's what we got fired up about. That's what we started this podcast over. But, you know, we like talking all Hokie sports. Hokies for Hokies is the name of the game. Um, but, yeah, man, Austin, how you been? Like, wh- what's going on? What's new? How's, uh, how's your week going? You know, it's, it's, it's going. I think uh, getting a little excited for uh, Turkey Week coming <laughs> up and get some, get some time away. And, you know, I'm actually going down to uh, North Carolina to do some engagement photos and, wedding cake testing and all all that good stuff so um yeah it's it's gonna be a busy busy week but uh, i'm excited to watch the the hokies kick some uh kick some cavalier butt that's for sure oh yeah 
And before we get into that, uh, obviously, we got the Cavaliers next week. We got Pitt these, this week. Um, yeah. But, you know, want to learn a little bit more about Austin Gable. Um, so, you know, you graduated from Tech a couple years ago. I know you, but our listeners might not know you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, um, how, when were you at Tech? Where do you live now? What do you do now? Give us the skinny. Yeah, absolutely. So um, originally from the South Denver metro area, a uh, place called Parker, Colorado, um, got recruited to come wrestle uh, for, for Dresser and uh, Roby. Uh, graduated high school 2011 and then uh, did a super, was a super senior, did that fifth year because um, I redshirted my freshman year. And so ended up graduating in 2016, uh, moved up to the D.C. area, uh, metro area up here, and uh, I work for a uh, real estate developer called JLB Partners now. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been one transition to the next, you know, Southwest Virginia is a little different than Denver, Colorado, and, and Washington, D.C. is a little different than Southwest Virginia. So it's, uh, it's been good. Uh, I think my patience has grown living in D.C. Uh, if it doesn't, then you're a madman. So, um, but all is well. Uh, you know, enjoying, enjoying a period of life. I mean, just got engaged not too long ago. So uh, that's exciting, too. So um, got a lot of things coming up on the horizon. And for our listeners at home who, uh, who might have streamed the Wake Forest episode, uh, Mr. Gable's fiance may or may not have been one of the, uh, the ladies distracting Sam Hartman. Is that right, Austin? Uh, from what I've heard, yes. She, she may or may not have been involved in that entanglement. So uh, <laughs> uh, I have to keep disclosure to a minimum, but uh, she, she may or may not have been involved. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that <laughs> so uh, as far as your recruitment I'm a, I mean coming out of Colorado obviously Colorado is very far from Blacksburg you know you got the mountains but uh, the Appalachian Mountains are definitely different from the Rocky Mountains um, I'm sure you and Dalton Keene could share some uh, some stories over a cold beer but um, what was Coors. it like <laughs> over a nice Coors Light <laughs> What was it like coming to Virginia Tech from Colorado? And also, you know, who else was involved in your recruitment process? And why did you choose Virginia Tech? Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know if you can say there was a pipeline to Colorado because that, that's probably a stretch. But uh, Dave Maroney, um, who, who was a heavyweight Virginia Tech, um, and he would have, he was there my first two years of school, but he, he was from Broomfield, Colorado. And so uh, his old former head coach, uh, I had a pretty good relationship with. And uh, obviously, you know, they had a connection. Virginia Tech had a connection with his high school. So that's kind of how it got started. Um, you know, they came out and did, you know, one practice. It was Roby and Yetzer at the time, who's now the head coach at Ferrum. Um, they came out and did a clinician at his high school and I got to roll around with those guys and they just kind of got a feel for me. And, uh, you know, I ended up taking out, taking a couple unofficial visits to, uh, Virginia, my, my summer going into my senior year of high school, I went to tech and I went to Liberty before they had uh, actually dropped their program. And then I also went to, uh, believe it or not, went to UVA as well. Ooh. And, uh, uh, you know, I just had, you know, Tech was actually the first one I went to, and 
just had a great experience and, you know, I came back for an official visit, um, later in the fall, uh, and just, you know, kind of fell in love with the place and really bought into kind of what they were selling. And, you know, the fact that, you know, they wanted to produce all Americans and national champs and, you know, it was right at that ticking point where Virginia tech was just a wrestling team at least was, um, just coming on the rise. And so it was something cool to kind of get in then. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't say I, I laid the groundwork, but, uh, you know, definitely part of that early success. And, um, it's really cool to see just w where we are today and, and how much uh, the program has grown. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Hokies kind of share similar stories, like, uh, with their recruitment, uh, they go to Blacksburg. They just have such a great experience that they fall in love with the campus. They fall in love with the mountains and the, uh, the overall aesthetic of the place. Um, I know I did, you know, uh, going down to tech so many times over the course of my, uh, my young life. Um, as far as that goes, you know, you're, you're in DC now. How often do you get back to Blacksburg? You know, I try to, I try to get back, um, I'd say at least once every, uh, once every four months or so. Um, you know, we had our, uh, golf wrestling alumni event, um, over like the first home game this year. So a bunch of us, uh, went back downtown or went back down to Blacksburg for that. So that was great. And then, um, you know, I try to get back for, you know, at least one home wrestling match, whether it's at Moss art center or if it's just a big duel, I try to go down there for that. And then, uh, you know, it's always fun to go to Blacksburg in the summertime too. So, uh, you know, I try, try to get down as much as possible. Um, you know, it's, it's it's like that four months hits and it's just like you get that itch. You know, <laughs> I need to go give me some Blacksburg. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, something we like to ask uh, folks who played sports at Tech, uh, what was your favorite non-wrestling or non-athletics moment at Virginia Tech? Oh, man. Um, so many. Depends if you want the, the, the PG or the PG-13 rated, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> No, I, um, you know, there's kind of one that's, it's more humorous that always kind of sticks out to me, but you know, it, the, the game, um, the Virginia Tech, when we, when we played Miami and it was my freshman year, I was, uh, I was in the dorms and it was when we started that comeback and they played, uh, enter Sandman for like the second time, uh, at the end of the game. And, um, you know, never really, never been happened before or whatever, with the wrestling team, you know, we always do practice and this was kind of later in the football season. So this is like prime preseason season might've even started, might've been like early October. So we were full blown wrestling mode at this yeah. point. And, you know, we had a really tough practice that morning. And I think I went into the football game for like, maybe, uh, you know, I might've only stayed for Andrew Sandman. And then I went back home uh, to my dorm and just passed out, you know, drank some water and just fell asleep. And I just remember all of a sudden waking up and like, I was so like startled because I heard enter Sandman going again. I could hear it from my dorm. I, I lived in Cochran, so I was pretty close. And I yeah. was like, I was like, what in the world is going on? And so I, I, I flipped on the TV cause I was watching it kind of as you know, when we were losing stuff and it, you know, kind of just took us, took a nap in the probably beginning of the third corner. I flip on the TV and you know, places going crazy you can like the tv you know the cameras in, in the stadium they're bouncing because everyone's jumping and stuff and 
you know, and you know, we, we go on to, to win the game. And I was like, and you know, here I am sitting in my dorm room, had a, had a ticket to the game and everything. And, and I missed it. But, uh, you know, that always is kind of like a, a funny moment that I think back on, but you know, there's so many good moments. Blacksburg time in summer was, uh, was probably some of my favorite just because there weren't as many students around and we didn't have school. It was just, you know, training, um, grilling out, hanging out with your buddies, your teammates and stuff. And, you know, we, we'd go down to the river a bunch. Um, you know, those, those are the kind of things that really, you know, pop out and the good memories I had down there, but you know, there's so many to choose from. Yeah, I'm sure laundry, laundry list of, uh, of memories to choose from, I would imagine. And, uh, yeah, that's funny. That, 2011 Miami game I'll never forget that one either absolutely crazy and you know we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt I mean I don't even want to know uh, how crazy wrestling preseason is or uh, at the beginning of the season so we're going to give you a pass on that one Austin uh, yeah yeah you know other students not so much uh if you're a listener to this podcast we don't uh we don't give you we much don't slack. condone leading games no. <laughs> we don't condone that but uh that's awesome so um as far as you know, your career at Tech, um, you know, redshirted that first year, but then uh, yep. 2012 through 2016, uh, you know, just run through some quick highlights from your wrestling career. Um, yeah, so I think you know, I started off uh, trying to you know get my feel and, and, and get in. I started as I started off at 174 my redshirt year, and then I wrestled there my redshirt uh, my redshirt freshman, my redshirt sophomore year 174, and I qualified. For the NCAA tournament, um, both those years, and you know, it was kind of always like right on the bubble. You know, I was, I think, both years I was maybe two rounds away from all American. Um, you know, I was always kind of in the hunt with some of the best guys in the country, and just you know, always felt a little short. And then, uh, you know, my junior year was probably uh, on paper the best year I was having. Um, you know, I was probably ranked the highest. At that point, you know, I probably got as high as maybe maybe 11 or 12 in the country and um, was doing pretty well, starting getting a lot of confidence. I moved up a weight class, 24. And, you know, really, the, I guess the one thing that really followed me in my whole career was kind of the injury bug. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that year, my junior year, I ended up blowing out my, my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus and everything else. And, you know, I ended up coming, you know, the whole thing kind of came to a – came to a T probably a month right before NCAs. And so, um, you know, I didn't get to obviously go to the NCAA tournament that year, had surgery and, you know, coming up my red shirt senior year, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those same things where some days I'd feel like Superman and I'd feel great in the room and, you know, my knee felt better. And, you know, other days it was hard for me to get to bed and, you know, they, they had a really good option in Zach Zavatsky too. And he, you know, kind of started catching a lot of fire uh, toward the, uh, you know, toward the middle of, of the season. And with me being kind of in and out, banged up some days, some days, you know, not great. It just uh, didn't work out in my favor. And, you know, he, uh, you know, Zach Sebastian had, had a pretty, pretty decent, you know, redshirt freshman year. I think he lost in the blood round for tall American and, you know, obviously went on to have a great career at, at tech being a two-time all-american stuff so you know it w- wasn't exactly uh how i envisioned my career ending and you know getting the accolades that maybe i had sought after but you know i i don't regret i don't regret anything and you know the the bonds i 
created there with the guys and the coaching staff and just everyone, you know, it's going to last a lifetime and, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all. That's what it's all about. Um, and I know you wrestled under coach Dresser and coach Roby, um, you know, coach Kevin Dresser really built the tech program into a powerhouse and now coach Roby, Tony Roby, um, who's been, is this his second year or is this his third year? uh yeah this will be his uh this will be his third season mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah, so he was an assistant um you know when you were there talk a little bit about you know the strengths of working under both coach dresser and coach roby i'm sure i'm sure they're very similar in some ways but also uh very different yeah you know i think you know even as your role as a you know dr- you know because roby was you know considered the, the head associate coach and you know dr- dresser was the was the head coach you know so uh, you know, their, their, their roles were a little different. Um, you know, they kind of were obviously, uh, making decisions together, but I think when you're, when you're the big boss, man, you know, uh, the heavy is the heavy is the head that wears a crown, you know? And so it's just, it's just a different relationship you have. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought with both of them, you know, I could have pretty open conversations and, you know, they both really had kind of open door policies, you know, come in and, and kind of say what's on your mind and, you know, let's, let's work it, work it out and work through it. And, you know, we're here to support you and stuff. And, you know, I think I, yeah, I can't really speak on behalf of, you know, how Roby is as a head coach, just because, uh, that was after my time when he, when he got that call, but, um, you know, it's, he's going to lead the program in a manner that he did in the same same way even when he was a head uh, associate coach and that's just with a lot of respect and you know what you put in you're going to get out and you know he's he kind of leads by example with that you know um and so but both are both are great coaches um you know I have a lot of respect for Dresser and what he did to get us on the rails again you know I mean at, at back in uh, uh 06 or 07 when when Tom Brands left who's now the head coach of Iowa I mean you know, Virginia Tech almost cut the wrestling program. I mean, they came dangerously close and had to have a lot of donor support and uh, boosters like step in and, you know, kind of lead the the AD at the time in the right direction and, you know, made the decision to bring Dresser in. And, you know, it was a, it was a slow process. And, you know, I'm sure for those guys, you know, in the very beginning, success was uh, few and far between. So, um for what they what they were able to do, you know, both Kevin and and Tony's like first year coming in, and you know to where they brought it to um, until Dresser left, and then you know even since then what Roby's been able to do in the program in just three years, you know, us getting a national champion. I mean, that's so huge for the program, and you know it's just going to be continued growth. Our recruiting classes just keep getting better and better and better. So, um, you know, they're both great coaches, and you know I'm sure Dresser's going to make. Iowa State, uh, a national powerhouse again, and you know, hopefully, there'll be some uh, fun duels between us and Iowa State down the line. Yeah, Dresser definitely built an awesome foundation for us, and here we have uh, Roby just continuing the momentum. And you just mentioned uh, about a national championship that we had in the spring. Uh, talk a little bit about Makai Lewis's national championship, and you know that impact on the future of ho- Hokie wrestling. I mean, it's, it, it really is huge, you know, n- us never having a national champion and then us now having a national champion, um, you know, 
it's one thing to say previously, like come here and, 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 you know, you can, you can be a national champion here. And then now it's, we can come out and say, we've created national champions and we have the formula to do it. And so it's just, it just brings a different type of uh, individual uh, recruiting and stuff. You know, I mean, that's huge to know that, hey, this is a guy. And, and Makai Lewis, I mean, he was a, he was a, you know, don't get me wrong. He was a, a good recruit coming out of high school, but he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't the number, he wasn't even the top 25 overall recruits or anything like that. You know, I mean, he was, don't get me wrong, he was a solid guy, but, you know, he was just kind of real athletic and rough around the edges. And, you know, what they were able to do with him in two years and, People win a national title as a as a redshirt freshman. I mean, it's pretty pretty unbelievable. There's not very many people that win your national title as a as a freshman. So um, that just tells the success of you know Roby and and Freyer and the new staff that they brought along. You know, all those guys are have really kind of bought in to what what Roby wants to bring the program to, and you know. Uh, it's, I mean, honestly, the, 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 there's no limit to see where, where Virginia Tech wrestling is going to go in the future. Totally agree with you there. And, you know, if you want to continue this momentum, I mean, we just had uh, the mat, I think it was called the mat on the mound, where we wrestled Northwestern on English Field, which was really cool. I know the, the weather turned out really good for that day as well. Um, you know, early November, wrestling out out in the open on a baseball yeah. field ballsy <laughs> yeah definitely a little different um you know but great to pick up the win there and then also uh kicking ohio state's butt here uh, a few days ago uh, Hokies came up and the beat the number three ranked team at ohio state and now we're ranked number four nationally like a win like that is really making a statement w- what do you think of that win yeah, I mean, I, I think if you I think if you talk to the coaching staff and, and you talk to the guys on the team, uh, you know, they probably have a little different perspective and, and say that you know that's what they expected to go out and do and that's what they did. Um, but it is, I mean, it's big. You know, we have a really young class. I think there's only um, two seniors in the starting lineup out of ten weight classes. Uh, a bunch of guys that you know, are either redshirt freshmen uh, or, you know, redshirt sophomores and really kind of getting their first uh, first play. Um, so, you know, for what, what they were able to do, it's, it was terrific. And, you know, Ohio State, being Ohio State, and just, you know, they just created this brand new multi-multi-million dollar wrestling facility. And, you know, to, to beat them, you know, there in their home place in this new facility is just kind of like a little icing on the cake. Um, but yeah, they, they made a statement and, you know, it's a long season, you know, with wrestling. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many, you know, your viewers or or guys are tuning in for this. No, but you know, it starts first week in November and it goes till almost the very last week in March, uh, the third to last week in March. So, I mean, it's a long season. And so it's really kind of, you're not, you know, the coaches used to always preach, you know, never get too high, never get too low. Um, but from a fan perspective, man, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable weekend for them. Yeah, we were all fired up about that. Um, and then a couple more questions here. Uh, you know, you mentioned recruiting. The recruiting has been absolutely on fire. I mean, the 2019 class 
was a top five class. 2020 is looking to be top five as well, maybe even top three if I'm not mistaken. mistaken. Yeah, there's a couple couple polls have them at like two. Uh, so, yeah, it's – like I said, I mean, they got a great staff, you know, um, and, and they're really kind of solid, you know, through and through. Just going through the staff real quick, obviously, you know, Tony Roby uh, brings a ton of experience. Um, Jared Freyer. Uh, the guys really, really like him on the team, and he just he's, – he's so awesome to talk to, so humble. I mean, the guy was an Olympian, um, so he obviously knows wrestling really well, was multi-NCAA multi, uh, All-American at Oklahoma University. Um, so he's just a terrific uh, fit. And then they just brought over um, Cody Brewer, uh, who was a four-time All-American national champ at Oklahoma University, was coaching at Northwestern. And he did some awesome things over there with some of the lower weight guys uh, and really, uh, really brought them up. And I think you can already see the improvement that he's brought to our team with with guys like uh, Colin Garardi, who had a big win, and Joey Prada at 125. Um, so, I mean, he's already made a huge impact. And then, you know, you got guys like Ty Walls and Jared Hot who went through the, the dresser Roby era and, and, you know, uh, Ty is sticking around and, and training for 2020 and, you know, hopefully going to make a push to, to get on that Olympic team and, and Jared now being, uh, their volunteer assistant. So they're, they're really, the coaching staff is really from like top to bottom weight classes. You have it all covered, you know, guys, all of our coaching staff is, you know, can really roll around with any of them. And so I think that's probably a big reason why we're getting some of the recruits that we are. Um, you know, I think Blacksburg, uh, Blacksburg speak, for itself you know kind of talked about this just you walk here you get here on campus it's just so beautiful and you know the academics too i mean there's between the engineering school and and the business school and everything you know few and far between it's there's so many options to where you can accelerate and you know set yourself up for a life of success after uh, after you're done wrestling and, and doing whatever endeavors you want to do so um you know it's they're going to continue to recruit the best kids. And, uh, you know, there's going to be more and more national championships that are won by individuals. And, you know, I'll, I'll be bold enough to say, I, I think these guys with, with the recruiting classes they're getting and stuff, I mean, I think a national championship is going to come back to Blacksburg from a team perspective in the next five years. I mean, I, I really do believe that. Um, just the kind of firepower that they have lined up coming in. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. So uh, big look look for big things to come here in the future. That definitely excites me, and that kind of answers my next question. As far as you know, to someone who might not follow wrestling like they do for you know hokey football and hokey basketball, sure. um, you know what should we keep our eyes on? Um, obviously, you kind of nailed on the uh, the long term uh, a team national championship. But even, you know, between uh, here, we're in mid-November, between uh, mid-November and uh, as the season winds down into March, what should we keep our eyes on uh, for the next few months here? Um, you know, they have, uh, they're going up to, uh, they're going up to Annapolis um, this weekend for a Navy Classic. So there's going to be a lot of good teams there and they'll, it'll be the first tournament that they enter. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be good to see guys wrestle uh, multiple matches off the scale and, you know, see how their body holds up uh, over the course of a day. 
Um, and then after that, they're, uh, they're going to Las Vegas in early December, um, which is a big, big tournament every year. It's a meat grinder. It's a two day. It's a little taste of what the NCAA tournament's like. You know, there's, you know, if you're placing at, at Vegas, um, you know, there's a good chance that you, you, you can make a run to, to get on the podium, uh, come March. Um, you know, and then a lot of, a lot of great duels. I mean, ACC is super tough this year in wrestling. I think every team, uh, besides, uh, maybe Duke is ranked in like the top 20. Um, so you have teams like Pitt and NC state who, you know, we've gone back and forth with for the ACC championships the past couple of years and uh uva um and you know the big one now is uh university of north carolina too i mean those guys have really turned that program around and and grown too so i mean the acc is just a fun division to wrestle in now and you know compete with some of the best guys in the country um so you know it's it's a long season but i'm excited to to see a lot especially how some of these younger guys perform and you know, seeing someone like Joey Prada at 125, you know, win the duel for for Tech against Ohio State as a guy that, you know, was kind of on the cusp of not, you know, qualifying or not qualifying last year. And, you know, him having a, a big win against a ranked opponent um, this past Sunday, you know, just shows, you know, he's growing in his confidence. And, you know, you see a bunch of bunch of new faces, too, uh, that that are that are finding success, you know, Colin Girardi. At 133, you know, he's been doing pretty well this year. Um, John Borst, um, you know, a guy that's put on a lot of size and kind of grown into the heavyweight position, uh, looks a lot more comfortable out there on the mat. He lost on, on Sunday, but, you know, it was a quality opponent that he lost to. And, you know, he was in the match the whole time. And, you know, they wrestle again and might, might go a different direction. So, and then, and then really lastly, the guy that kind of sticks out and, you know, he was a teammate of mine, um, is David McFadden. Um, you know, that guy, three-time All-American, you know, if, he, if he's able to do it this year, he'll be the first four-time All-American that Virginia Tech Wrestling's ever had. So he'll definitely live his name in the history books. But I know he's got bigger goals than just qualif- or than just uh, All-American. The guy wants to go out there and win it. And, you know, he got had, had a little loss uh, on Sunday. But I think in the long run, it's probably going to help him and, just, you know, keep that focus because, like I said, it's a long season. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see kind of what these guys do moving forward. That's awesome, Austin. Yeah, it sounds like we got a lot of good things to look forward to here with Hokie Wrestling. And uh, as we wind down here, Austin, uh, what are your thoughts on the Virginia Tech versus Pittsburgh game here this weekend? Oh, man, I mean, you know, it's – I know they had – Buzz's uh, big celebration, you know, these two weeks ago uh, against Wake Forest, and, and that's great. But I just don't see how we can how how we can let Bud leave Lane Stadium a loser. I, I just don't. It just does not make sense to me at all. Uh, and, and it's senior night. Uh, on top of that, for all those seniors and stuff. So it's just, I mean. It, it, I feel like it's written in the stars that, you know, there's no way that he goes out uh, a loser in lane and there's definitely no way he goes out a, a, a double loser against UVA. So I'm hoping for a big win come, come Saturday. There we go. 
Love it, Austin. Any shout outs here before we go? Um, I, I guess it, Callie would kill me if I didn't give her a shout out. So shout <laughs> out to Callie. Uh, you know, thanks for having me on, Pat. Um, shout out to wrestling team, any of those guys, uh, old alumni that are listed. I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot this, uh, to everyone in my know and all my social medias to, to get the word out. So, uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. And, and hopefully we could maybe do this again later on during the season and, and kind of keep your uh, viewers updated as to uh, how the Hokies are doing. Absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to have you back, especially, uh, with all this fire momentum under the, uh, the wrestling program. Austin Gable, everyone. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us here tonight. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.